Good morning, everybody. You're tuning into the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Friday, March 17th, and I'm your host, Mariana Schweitzer, reporting for CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. Two police officers were killed while responding to a domestic call in Edmonton. In Ottawa, Liberal MPs want to summon Mark Zuckerberg over Facebook plans to end news sharing if the Online News Act passes. In sports, FIFA Women's World Cup prize money is up 300%, but it's still one-third of the men's. And finally, with King George's coronation two months away, all says Canadians are split on dropping the royal family. And then we'll hear from Samina with an exciting book recommendation in Turn the Page. So let's get to the news. Two police officers are dead after responding to a family dispute call at an apartment building in Edmonton this Thursday. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee told media that they were shot by a male suspect who later turned a gun on himself. McPhee spoke in an atrium packed with more than 100 officers and police staff. A young man considered a suspect died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, said McPhee. He identified the officers who died as Constable Travis Jordan, 35 years old, an eight-and-a-half-year veteran with the Edmund Forest, and Constable Brett Ryan, 30 years old, who had been with the service for five-and-a-half years. McPhee said the officers were called shortly before 1 a.m. to a family dispute in an apartment building in northwest Edmonton. They went inside the building, approached the suite, and were shot, he said. The police chief added, all indications are that they did not have a chance to discharge their firearms. The officers were rushed to the hospital where they were declared dead. A woman was also taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries and remains in serious but stable condition. According to the Canadian press, the police gave no details on her possible relationship to the suspect or how she was injured. McPhee said support is being offered to the officers' families and colleagues. In Ottawa, Liberal members of the Parliament want to summon Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Medem, to testify before a Commons committee over its plans to block Canadians' ability to view and share news on Facebook if Ottawa's online news bill becomes law. They have drafted a motion proposing the Commons Heritage Committee carry out an inquiry into text giants' current and ongoing use of intimidation and subversion tactics to evade regulation in Canada and across the world. The motion demands that Meta produce emails, texts, and other messages, as well as a list of all third parties that have received funding for lobbying and research about the company's response to Bill C-18. The motion, which is expected to be supported by the NDP and Bloc Québécois, follows the revelation in the Globe and Mail that Meta has decided to remove Canadians' access to both written and broadcast news on Facebook and Instagram if BC18 passes in its current form. The online news bill, which is now in the Senate, would make Google and Meta compensate news organizations for posting or linking to their work. Facebook says that the system Bill C18 would set up would allow publishers to charge it for as much content as they want to post on the platform, with no clear limits. Google has also criticized the bill, saying it would make it pay for links and helping people find news. In the past five weeks, Google has been carrying out tests of potential responses to the online news bill by blocking access for some Canadians to news through its search bar. At a hearing before the Heritage Committee last Friday, Jason Key, a Google public policy manager, said, no decisions have been made about whether it will restrict access to news permanently. 
He said Bill C-18 would radically change the legal framework for providing free links to articles and broadcasts. Now in sports news, the price for the FIFA Women's World Cup has been raised by 300%, but it's still only a third of the men's price. According to ESPN, the Women's World Cup is getting $115 million in prize money, an increase over the $30 million prize in 2019. The 2023 edition will also be the first 32-team tournament, and even with the huge raise in the prize money, it's still considerably lower than the $440 million total prize money awarded at the Men's World Cup in Qatar last year. According to ESPN sources, the precise breakdown is $110 million in prize money and then $31 million towards preparation funds and $11 million to club benefits. FIFA President Gianni Infantino blamed the disparity on broadcasters for offering too little for TV rights. He said FIFA will not sell broadcast rights for the tournament in Australia and New Zealand at the prices currently being offered. And finally, with the coronation of Canada's new king less than two months away, a new poll suggests the country is still split in the middle on whether it's time to cut ties with the crown. A ledger survey of 1,500 Canadians found 56% of respondents agreed that the country should reconsider its ties to the monarchy now that there's a new sovereign. The number was higher in Quebec, where 71% of respondents said that they should reconsider their relationship to the crown. In Ontario, 53% of respondents said King Charles and his heirs should maintain their current role in our system. In 2021, Barbados dropped its relationship with the monarchy and became a republic, a decision that gave hope to anti-royalists and other Commonwealth rows. This sort of move couldn't happen quite so easily in Canada, according to CBC News. Canada's constitutional demands unanimity on the question. The House of Commons and Senate and all 10 provinces would have to agree on a different system. The poll also found that many Canadians just don't think about the royal family all that often. The survey found that 67% of respondents feel indifferent to Charles's new role. Only 12% said it's good news that he's Canada's new head of state. And about 14% said it's bad news that the Queen Elizabeth's eldest son has assumed his birthright. About 80% of respondents said that they're not personally attached to what Ledger describes as the British monarchy. However, while claiming they don't give it much thought, the poll also found that 47% of those surveyed were aware of Charles' coronation taking place on May 6th, and about 40% said they will consider watching the TV coverage of the event, which will be broadcast around the globe. Well, that was it for me today, and I'll leave it with Samina for an episode of the segment Turn the Page. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turn the Page. My name is Samina. Each week, I'm going to make a book recommendation, and I hope it gets you turning the pages. March is Women's History Month. 2023 is the 31st anniversary of the celebration, a month to learn about the contributions made by women throughout history and the milestones they've achieved. Can you stop a murder after it's already happened? Jen Brotherhood is waiting for her son Todd to come home. It's already after midnight. Then she finally sees him outside her window. He isn't alone. He goes up to a man she's never seen before and stabs him to death in front of her house. Then he refuses to answer any questions and is promptly arrested. Jen wakes up the next day to the previous morning. It's just a bad dream. The stress of staying up late waiting for her 17-year-old son to come home. He was late, she was worried, and it's over. 
until she repeats the same day and her son has murdered the same man. Who did he murder? Why is he murdering anyone at all? Each day she wakes up and has another chance to stop it. Can she? The title of the book is Wrong Place, Wrong Time. The author is Jillian McAllister. I have to tell you, with a description like that, how could you not want to read this book? It is also a perfect book to help you adjust with the loss of an hour. This book doesn't spring forward, but falls back. Jen wakes up the following day to the previous morning. She manages to convince Todd to stay home and stops the murder. But when she wakes up the next morning, she wakes up further back in time to the day before. The following day, she wakes up even further back in time to the day before that. Jen realizes the only way to break the cycle is to solve the crime in reverse. She investigates by trying to find out why Todd would kill someone. She starts to review her son's movements and uncover secrets about her family's life. She can't believe she didn't know. In this novel, we also have a secondary story where we follow a police officer who is trying to solve the murder in real time. This story will get your heart racing. There are twists you will not see coming. Jillian has written a fast-paced, entertaining, well-constructed novel that will have you losing track of time. Ready, set, go. If you find there's a book you want to read immediately, check with your local library and don't forget to check Overdrive for a digital copy. You can also check your local independent bookstore. If you enjoyed this book and want to share your thoughts or make a recommendation, please find us on Instagram at CGRU1280. Thank you for listening. Happy reading. It's CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schwitze. Thanks for listening.